Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is where you are listening to this, and welcome to version 1.1 of Elon's Backlog, where our mission is to solve the world's product problems, together with you, our listeners. I'm your friend CK, and in the studio with me, as always, Oscar. Good time of the day, CK, our listeners, happy to be back. It's always a good time hearing your voice. So, Oscar, we're in episode 1.1, the beta is over. What's going on? Yeah. What's different? I hope it's already noticeable. Definitely noticeable for me. But uh, we have new music. Uh, thanks to our friends Kevy for the new beats. You might have noticed the nice opening. You'll see it throughout the transitions. Um, huge shout out to Skevy. Check him out on SoundCloud. But we have some good news as well. The banter will stay the same. So uh, if you want to have a reference to war jokes, uh, two ways. Either listen to our beta season from episode 0.1 to 0.6 or listen to our introduction at 1.0 which is the nice little introduction section we have before this episode so there's that we say it's uh, new but i can still hear your same dulcet tones oscar do i have to wait till version two for the for the voice upgrade uh, that will have to stay the same unfortunately just like my joke about the dinosaur i have a fun fact for you have you been okay, to all the continents? Me. Have you been to all the continents around the world? No. That's very weird because dinosaur fossils have been found on all seven continents. Okay, maybe I have in a previous life. Um, maybe you have. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the true. jokes are still as bad as uh, the last series, uh, but we promise listeners to keep them going. So what's good is we still have lots of apps to review uh, since the last show. Uh, I've been looking at apps, um, and the one I've actually been—I'd like to highlight—is Klarna. It's a really nice UI UX. Uh, all the things we were talking about with banking in the last time—they've actually done a really good job showing you balance. They've even got like lots of uh, offers and deals, and um, I really uh, recommend it. Do you use this app, Oscar? No, I actually know Klarna for like installment payments. But what does the app do? What's the actual service? You know, the balance offers. Yeah, so I. I got hooked on onto a zero uh, payment or pay by the month deal. Um, and then it, then it was encouraging me to download the app and you can then see, of course, all your scheduled payments, but they're very good at trying to incentivize you to spend more and just get on the, the subscription hook. So uh, yeah, it's uh, good. And funnily enough, uh, one payment I have in progress is with Ikea. So no hints, no spoilers, <laughs> no spoilers. Um, and yourself, uh, don't use Klarna. Haven't had any encounters with it in the recent weeks, but actually I had a parking situation. And uh, as we all know, Germany is quite advanced. I'm putting uh, air quotes uh, when it comes to technology. But what I've been enjoying a lot recently is more and more ways to buy your ticket uh, for the car to park on the street. Street parking uh, you can do through apps. And the traditional app most one of the most popular ones that I notice is paid by phone, which is quite good. You just log in, add your car, like license plate, and you it recognizes based on geolocation and which parking zone you are, and then it'll tell you you can park for a max of two hours. You want to buy a ticket for 15, 30, 45, an hour, 90 minutes, two hours. You confirm, and by adding your PayPal or credit card, you just pay for it. Nice, good, you know, it's it does what it's supposed to do. I thought you can't mess it up really until I was forced to use Parkster, which is another app 
that I've encountered uh, in the last week on a trip to another city. Super unintuitive. You download the app. It kind of looks, and the journey is designed to make you feel like you don't need to sign up, which is weird, but then you actually need to sign up. So kind of like, it says like, just continue, but to do anything, basically you must create an account, which I'm fine with, but then just don't try to trick me by saying you don't need to sign up. That's one thing. Then you don't need any payment details. So I actually started the whole parking and it doesn't, it's not a concept where you pay up front, but it's actually a concept that just like starts the kickoff time and it counts down. So when you get back, you actually need to click on stop. Otherwise, you'll keep paying because it'll just say the car is still parking there. Okay. So then you add a payment method, which it never asks you for. So I was like, how does it start my ticket if I actually don't have any payment method? Uh, add a payment method, payment method. Turns out later, what they're doing is on the 15th of every month, they're sending you a bill. <laughs> so if you had a credit card, it will be deducted on the 15th of the, the month. But if you don't have a credit card, which is not mandatory, they'll send you a bill via email, which you don't need to settle by your bank account. How does it even allow it? This is an absolute disgrace. I am familiar with this as well. I have the pay by the pay by park by phone. Brilliant. Uh, the way it should be done. And I have had this experience as well where what the hell I got an email invoice and I had to then pay it. And then they charged me a late fee for the convenience of sending them an email, which I then argued with them and actually got them to wipe that bit. But yeah. Good for you. But actually, up, like, What product owner came up with this one? Yeah. And then I think it still like shows that like, you know, it's located in Germany because for a 299, you can have a bill sent to your home address. But for paying a parking, have a bill sent to your home address for three euros delivery fee. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So um, that that does sound a horrible experience, and uh, I mean, this is parking in general, right? So, um, getting on with the the show, uh, the community on elonsbacklog.com. So, listeners, this is where, of course, you can vote for our, our ideas, add your own, or submit app ideas for us to review. And uh, Oscar, what's been going on? Well, in you know, in our pilot season, we've had a lot of feedback on on our ideas, some upvotes. Some of the some of the listeners dropped their own ideas, which is super cool. We always appreciate and encourage you to do. Uh, but this time, we decided to not focus, you know, on the ideas or feedback from our previous episodes or episode, but rather use your voice or hear, listen to your voice, and pick the idea for today's show based on your feedback. So this time, we decided to pick an audience favorite when it comes to the apps. So the drum roll, today we'll be reviewing IKEA. Not so much of a drum roll since you spoiled it before, but uh, I think it's a good one. Very much looking forward to it. I think it was actually in the title of the show as well. So uh, drum, drum roll uh, uh, there. But, uh, I mean, this is an interesting one because this is a first for me. This is a first for the podcast because this is an app I don't actually use. Um, whilst I do use the IKEA website and store a lot so it's gonna be a bit of a love-hate relationship this one just are like a saturday at ikea are you saying you don't have the app installed altogether or you have it installed but not using it i have the app installed haven't ever used it well i think today's episode is gonna have a few interesting facts uh, for you ck as well and hopefully for your listeners so i'm very much looking forward to it and to tell you more about it see you there
So Ikea. I can't actually think of anyone who actually loves going to Ikea, but everyone goes to Ikea. What's your history with Ikea, Oscar? Can you remember the first time you ever went and what's the most random thing you've ever ended up with in your shopping cart? Oh, these are tough ones. Uh, first time, I wouldn't be able to tell you, but first time conscious, you know, is when I moved here and then the need to decorate my space, my place and just going there is like, I think you never walk out with the thing you actually went there to buy. I mean, you, of course, buy the thing that you went there to, to purchase. But of course, you have 10 other products from small to big and maybe a plant that you go that you get out of there. So um, it's a definitely an interesting relationship between me and Ikea. A plant, an ice cube holder and a cuddly toy. And a cuddly toy. Um, it's been definitely some more random things. Uh, but but yes, uh, the variety is big. How about yourself? Do you remember your first visit? I was in preparation of this episode. I was trying to think about it. I've had so, quite a few differing IKEA visits. And I'm, I mean, it was probably when it you know, first came out because it was like such a new thing. The idea of, you know, being able to buy your furniture flat packed and then build it yourself. And I guess maybe with my lifetime of Lego building, this was an exciting opportunity. Um, and so I don't have a problem building it myself. I think when we get into the pain points and how we're going to solve them, all these instructions, and I'm sure a lot of listeners share this pain. Um, have you done click and collect or home delivery? My only way is to go there and pick it up, purchase it directly from Ikea. So no, never a home delivery, no matter how big the furniture is. And I think maybe once or twice a click and collect, but I think that's the thrill of it. You know, you go in there the the app already hints what or tells you what's in store, what's not. So you go with clear expectations, but then you just fight your way through it, especially if it's on a weekday, a weekend. Uh, lovely experience. It does feel like a bit of a game of Tetris in the car park when it's like, okay, I've just bought all this stuff. How the hell am I going to try and fit it into the car? CK, it's just the beginning of the episode and you scratched already on so many ideas that are coming later. So I think we need to... <laughs> accelerate you mentioned cars you've mentioned instructions oh like it's my you know i'm eager to tell my ideas already so uh speaking speaking of which i think we can remind our listeners how this is going to work so we'll pick an app which we've done already we'll quickly review it on a high level um what it does how it works how people use it and then both jk and i will pick our best um features that we like about the app and also the features we don't like uh, that are already existing are out there and then we come up with our gold, silver, and bronze ideas to make the app better. So we propose this to the product owners and managers of the app. Could be more than three. It could be less than three. Let's just see. And then um, you can head to elonsbacklog.com and get involved in the show where you can give the thumbs up or down to our ideas or add your own painful IKEA experiences. So whilst it may appear we know everything, we certainly don't. Um, sure. So Oscar, have you been researching IKEA? Have you got some uh, facts for us? We certainly don't know everything but we know some of the history of ikea i was gonna say so we can't make this a category actually a proper one in our podcast but you know what ikea stands for um pain in relationships in in swedish no (laughs) (laughs) no no so so i've looked it up so it's actually named after the initials of the founder and now my swedish name butchering is going to come into handy so ingvar Kamprat, so that's the I and the K. And then Elmtarit El, is the farm on which he grew up. That's the E, Elmtarit. 
And then Agunarit is the nearby village. So you've got Ingvar, Kamprad, Elterit, and finally Agunarit, Ikea. Okay, so you've been learning Spanish and now you've been learning your Swedish, so very good. <laughs> Swedish names. I mean, I think it goes very well. Like, how do you, it's, it's like, if I come up with any for a company, is it, and I'm going to take my initials and then I'm going to take, like, my, the, like, the place where I grew up and I'm going to take a nearby village? It's a pretty creative approach to, to coming up with a name, I'm going to say, but, but obviously it was quite creative. So, um, so, so Ingvar was quite entrepreneurial, started with selling matches at a very, very young age and, you know, the first IKEA company is founded, everything according to the website, in 1943. And then in 48, they started selling furniture. And, you know, from then on, the rest is history. Huge, huge, huge brand uh, these days. Uh, it's known for its yellow and blue branding, but actually it was not always yellow and blue. It was different variations. I've seen red and white as well. Some other colors, super nice. But I got a quiz question. What's a, what's a product that IKEA produced not too long ago, pretty much they stopped 11 years ago, that you would never expect. It's not in this, uh, in IKEA today. It used to be. What do you think am I talking about? Which product? It's it's in your house. It's in my house. Uh, we have it in the office uh, around the world. We have it um, in many, many different places, but it's in your living room and in mine. It sounds like a trick question. You mean... They sort of had a range of TVs or something like this, or <laughs> they did have a TV. Indeed, they had a TV. Uh, believe it or not, spoiler alert: it did not look good. I don't have the name handy, but at least they make fun of it and they admit uh, to their mistakes on their website. And <laughs> maybe it was not the best decision. Well, I mean, every time I go into those like rooms, I try and turn that TV on, and it just doesn't do anything. So, um, you know. It's the plastic laptop. The plastic laptop. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But I do believe the uh, the founder was very humble and was driving like a, a Volvo, uh, even though he's worth millions at the time, um, to the office. So, yeah, respect to the founder. And then another trick question is, do you actually know that there is not only one IKEA app? Well, I do know they have innovated in the past with their like augmented reality. Was it a separate app when they did that? That's a it's separate app. I, th I think what's important to call out, and we'll discuss those apps maybe in a bit more particular way. I think today we're focusing on the main IKEA app, which is known as the IKEA app. But the one you're referring to, which was the first venture into AR, so augmented reality, was called IKEA Place. All right. So that one, it's still, it's still available. You can download it. Um, I did not use it personally. Uh, you know, that was one of the first fruits that came out of the Apple IKEA collaboration where they use um, AR kit uh, to to then, you know, easily place IKEA furniture and products into your room, your house, basically, by using your camera and augmenting them into, into that space. So this is where we're also jumping into one of the things I like. So why don't we head over to that part of the show? And um, I would like to take it from there. Sounds good. And then I'll, I'll reveal the second IKEA app that I, that I find out while doing research later in the process. So let's go into the features you like. And welcome back. And this is the part of the show where we talk about what we like about IKEA and the app. And I think this might be quite a short section this time. 
Oscar, uh, I was doing a bit of a tease about the AR experience being one of the things I like, but do you want to kick things off? And um, what, are, what are your highlights that you like? Sounds good. You you said you don't use the app, but I cannot imagine, you said website or store, but I cannot anymore imagine going to the store without using the app. It's shop and go. Absolute top favorite feature. Are you familiar, aware of this one? I am aware of this and I tried it. Um, but it was annoying. It wasn't doing what I wanted. So tell me what you like about this. I'm not sure what you wanted what it, it to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because because what it can do is it can, as you go through IKEA, you can use the app to, and it uses your camera to scan barcodes of articles, every single one, to then add them into a virtual basket that you can carry around. So as you pick up an item anywhere at IKEA, whether it's a small cup in the kitchen department or whether it's a whole um, package from you know a piece of furniture from the, the warehouse part you can scan the barcode it has a virtual basket you can adjust the quantities and as you proceed to the counters there's a special counter and um, my IKEA I'm not sure about yours but the one that I go to is a nightmare on Saturday and Friday it's just full of people even the express cashiers for 10 or less items the queue is going back 50 meters for everything else the same, I don't like it. But this Friday, or sorry, this Saturday, I was able to go to Ikea, buy somewhat sizable pieces of furniture, and I spent there not more than 25 minutes. Why? Because of shopping Go. As we went through Ikea, scanned every part, every article that we added into our shopping bags, into our cart, and then you go to the special counter, which is used by barely anyone. It is a two, three people, so it's not a single line. Uh, so at the end, when you're ready to check out, you just click on generate QR code. It generates your QR code through which you do a basket transfer from the app into the POS terminal. Um, and there you can see a final overview. You can It automatically adds your family card, so the loyalty card if you already have it there. And boom, you just select your payment methods. You pay. And once you've paid, the, the receipt comes out, comes out. And also the app notifies you that the payment has been successful. And then you can simply walk out the door. I, I am an honest consumer. It feels a bit sketchy as to like no one's, uh, there's people standing there, employees, but they're not checking your back. So I'm not sure if they have some more advanced tech um, or it's just a trust-based exercise. You know, if, if I added like a little one cup more, one cup, you know, something else more, would someone notice? I don't know. Definitely not encouraging this and, and I appreciate like the honest approach here. Um, but but definitely wondering how the security part of this works. But I love this feature. It saves me so much time and amazing. Yeah, I think one of the nightmares of IKEA is the queue. It's like, you know, you've gone through the endurance and then just to see the length of the queue is a frustrating. So that sounds a really cool feature. Um, you know, self-checkout, I think, is a you know a growing trend. I'm curious why why you have to go to that machine. If you've got all the items, why can't you just double tap on your phone and check out with Apple Pay? I guess it's going to come into one of the enhancements. Maybe it's too much of a step, in particular for a country like Germany. <laughs> but I think if they've got rid of the, the paper and the pencils, well, that's good for uh, sustainability. Uh, so that's a start, right? Um, I have seen it. They have a, the biggest iPhone in terms of before you go up the escalator, uh, there <laughs> with a QR code to, to scan it. So I have have tried it, but I didn't get through to uh, checking out with it. So uh, thanks for that tip. 
go for it. It's definitely very good. So what is your first one? Was that the AR functionality? Uh, hot dog for Euro. So uh, getting was 50 ah. cents. <laughs> How is that? It's not. It's the one thing that's not on the app. That's from Ikea. That's not on the app. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did have, as I mentioned in the, the previous segment, the 3D object placement or the innovation. So really cool to see a brand like Ikea uh, testing stuff. And I do think it was one of the first out there with the augmented reality experience, being able to place items. I think, you know, it was quite early with Apple and AR kit. So whilst it put an object in your uh, kitchen, I don't think it was uh, super practical, but now um, it's becoming, you know, AR is getting a lot better. The cameras get getting better. So I would expect this uh, to take off. However, when I was just browsing the app in preparation of this show, I couldn't really find, you know, I clicked on a table and I didn't see the option to um, uh, augment it. So, uh, or, so or is it there? Is it hidden? It, it, that's the thing, right? So as I said, it's it's split up into a different app that's called IKEA Place that was introduced in September 2017. I don't really get this. So maybe it's a good time also... I actually dropped the second app that I've discovered while doing the research. It's not yet available in Germany. Uh, they've actually launched it last year in the US and on iPhone only. And I think it goes exactly into the direction of, as you said, AR uh, being more popular, being more accurate. So the new IKEA is called IKEA Creative or Creative, if that's the Swedish way to pronounce it. So with that one, you know, if IKEA Place is just to take objects and place them into your room, you know, just to see how they fit and what they look like. This is the next step, and it actually measures your room. They say it's an accuracy of 95 plus percent. I think they mentioned 97, 98 or something on the website. You measure your room, and then you can basically start putting furniture in there. So it's not so much of trying an object and see if it fits. It's actually proper long-term room planning or apartment house planning. So that's what they sell it as. It's available in the US App Store. It is supposed to come to Germany and Europe in general later in the, in the year, but right now it's available in the U.S. App Store. So listeners, if you've had the experience with from the U.S. with IKEA Creative or you want to try it out and let us know in the feedback section of uh, elonspeckhawk.com, would very much look forward to it. So far, it looks really cool, really promising, but it poses a question to me that I want to ask you. Three apps, three apps versus having it on one place. What's the strategy or you think? It sounds like it's just different departments and a very... Uh, decentralized teams just going out on their own on a limb maybe uh, you might have a separate app in terms of you want to use that as your sort of like uh, a b testing or to early experiments but today's technology allows you to do that within one app so i guess ultimately it's a bit confusing for the the users but maybe the early adopters it's just a way to get an app out there and do some testing could be also thoughts. you know the tech stack, the infrastructure being too crazy on one of the apps and just easier to do it from scratch in the new app, right? So that's also one of the considerations, definitely. But I don't get it. Yeah, you have an ecosystem. And as you said, you tried to look for the AR future of IKEA Place in the main app. You didn't find anything. So why isn't there a link to the other app of like you can discover, you can try this product on, on under air quotes, in this other app. Click here to download it. It's... Yeah, maybe it's different departments, different purposes. I don't really get it. I think each app has a has its purpose, has a nice thing, is using nice technology, as it does have its benefit. I think if you package them one in in one power app as opposed to creating an app ecosystem, and especially you have two AR apps and they're this thing, I think that's 
it's a mystery to me. Maybe it'll be good to have some from IKEA up uh, 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 one of our episodes. Yeah, so uh, listeners, if you know anyone from IKEA, do share them the pod. We would love to have them on uh, to talk about this strategy. So that would be great. Um, the the uh, the app you were saying, I'd be really keen to check out this app. I mean, I do like the wardrobe builder. So probably my other one. Have you ever seen the wardrobe builder? It went from a very old version, like an impossible use feature, whereas now it's very nice on the desktop version where you can build those type of wardrobes and then just print out the form for um, going and picking it up. Yeah, is that like the flexible one where you can have one more column, column edit? Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a really nice tool, but ultimately I like this idea on, you could, you know, I guess we're going to get into a new ideas where you should be able to scan a room, build the wardrobe, super nice. Yeah. So uh, that maybe they're progressing into the right direction. And when we review IKEA again in 10 years time, then uh, let's hope they fix these things. I'd expect it to be virtual reality, you know, <laughs> by that yeah. time. All right. Let's, do you have any more likes of, uh, yeah, 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 I have. Um, so they're not massive. As you said, there's a few things I do not like about the app later on and a lot of ideas for improvements. But two of my next ones are the wish list is somewhat customizable. So you can actually create a wish list based on, um, you know, your rooms, if you're a kitchen, living room. So it's pretty nice, I thought. Um, and then the last thing is also the ability to look up in-store availability. I do not like to order online or I don't like to do click and collect. Um, but by looking up an article, if it's available in the store, I can actually just add it to my wish list, knowing it's there, and simply uh, go in with the confidence, with the aligned expectations that I'll be able to find it. And if there's a few left, I think they give you a warning. There's only a few left. So, you know, super good management of expectations, super nice experience um, of knowing what to where to go in the store as well. So th these are my likes. How about yourself? Um, I have no more likes. I have lots of dislikes and ideas for IKEA to make me want to spend more money with them. So I'm keen to just get into that. I'm not sure which ones I would like to uh, hear more, the dislikes or the proposal. I think they're interrelated. So let's start with the dislikes and you go first. So the dislikes, again, What's interesting one is it's just for me in Germany, it's in German. I don't speak German. And so therefore it's not intuitive like McDonald's, which um, I can navigate um, in German, but with the Ikea one, I can't. And I think that's uh, something that they should be looking into. And I think for them having such a global and diverse uh, customer base, I can't believe I'm the only person who doesn't want to be able to navigate the language and the store in my local language. So that is my first major pain point. Okay. Mine is, mine is similar, but not really to language. It's just this, like navigation on the app. I find it super confusing. Like the only thing I use is search bar and then, you know, looking for a particular product. But even that is a bit counterintuitive. Like sometimes I'm trying to type in a word of what I think describes the piece of furniture I'm about to buy quite well. But then I get some random results. Like, is it a futon? Is it a couch? Is it a wardrobe, um, um, some other fancy words for it? So I, it's hard for me if I bought one thing 100 years ago and it's not reflected in my history or I bought it like without uh, using the app altogether, it's very hard to find that exact piece on the app again. And just the whole browsing the categories, is, I find it not good. I um, 
looking at the UI UX, and I thought it felt okay. But then as part of the show, I thought, you know what, I'm finally going to sign up um, for the app. And then it took me to a mobile website or to register an account with 50 questions. And it was just an absolute, um, you know, turn off for me in, uh, you know, in today's modern world. You know, it should be just why do you need all these questions? Ask me for these all this stuff at the right time. So, yeah, really, really a terrible experience there. Oof, tough one, tough one so far. Um, I can also add, you know, have you ever had the the moment where you have the printed instruction from the piece of furniture you buy, but actually maybe you don't have it handy or you actually want to look it up before you buy the product. So all these articles, sorry, all these instructions are uh, available via PDF on the detail page of each product. You know that, right? It's not a discovery. Right. And, and I don't know if you ever noticed, but there's like usually three, depending on what you buy, if it's something with a lamp or something like electrical, there's usually like three PDFs. They're called the same, almost the same. And then you have to be, you have to be super, super lucky to click on one and actually end up with the instructions because the other two, it's like one pages of like warning about the usage of, 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 of like a lamp in the European Union or what have you, some other warning. And then one of them is instruction. So for me, I've never been lucky enough to get it on the first try. So why can't you just like give me a big link into my face of saying, click here for instructions? Right, and click here for the small print as to uh, how not to uh, uh, kill yourself uh, with this lamp. Yeah, exactly. totally, totally get that. I actually had in the dislike the shop and go feature. I mean, I, well, I guess when I saw it when um, I arrived at uh, the IKEA, I'm like, fantastic. This is just going to save everything. I would like a map install experience. I would like to just be able to like, browse, see the items, see the location, go find them. I'm sure you're going to tell me Scan and Go does this, but I would kind of expect a, you're in the living area, you know, maybe using Bluetooth beacons around as you sort of like navigate um, around. Here's the map with the shortcut from going so you don't have to walk this whole section. You know, I'm getting more of a pro IKEA user of trying to find my, the, the shortcuts, you know, but um, I guess the install don't say anything else because because you're again you're scratching on the surface of my ideas it's dangerous <laughs> okay well that's another dislike i have so i guess we're going to solve these in the ideas but that's my as, that's the last of my dislikes as a as a product manager product owner you know you said you'd say develop shop and go how would you recommend to the marketing team to promote it i think it's an interesting challenge of those features right how do you talk to consumers about this feature being available how do you make them aware? Or this one in particular, give me two examples of how you would tackle it. Well, I think they did a terrific job having a giant cutout iPhone at the escalator um, in terms of promoting the feature. Um, so as you are sort of like heading up there, the difference of like McDonald's or other retailers versus Ikea, a lot of people going, going to Ikea to spend a good amount of time. They don't want to spend a good amount of time there. So People Some people want. I would like to argue, argue that. Some people like to spend many hours at IKEA. I, I mean, taking your girlfriend for a date at the restaurant, sure. Okay. You know, I've heard it's a, a thing. I've heard it's a thing. Was this on Hostel's World? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I have heard from some friends that like it's actually like like yeah, they know of people like who used to go to dates in IKEA. Did did they get a second date? Do they know? Or... That 
I need to follow up on. I might share this in the next episode. <laughs> um, so I think um, you know to onboard someone. I think you've got time. You know, unlike uh, other retailers where someone might be going for a few minutes, if if that. So I think um, uh, the escalator was a great place to onboard people. But I think yeah, there's, it could just be more intuitive in terms of what that experience should be, or it should be enhanced. I guess. I guess for my gear, I would expect more more. I think you've nailed it quite well. Do you want to know how I found out first about Shop and Go and the first time I've actually used it? Sure. It's pretty old school, but I was standing in one of these long queues that I described before, and there was a lovely lady employee from IKEA. She was just walking from the up and down each queue to each of the cash desks and handing out uh, little flyers. Not very sustainable, maybe, but yet uh, it was a flyer, and then she was kind of promoting herself. You want to avoid the queue? Yes, I want to. Scan this QR code, download the app like you already had it. Uh, head to this, scan all the articles and head to this counter with no people at all. And so that was my first time I used it. And ever since, uh, it's been my companion. So I think it's quite a good space, like, you know, of like the human touch, you know, it's explaining to me in the moment when it matters. So I quite enjoyed it. And yeah. Good job there. Oh, I, that, that, that is a good one. Onboarding the staff. So they're, they're knowledgeable there. Um, but I guess at that very point where at checkout there, you're in that long line and you're being told, hey, here's a faster way to check out. And you're just like, hey, can you just not open more checkouts, you know? <laughs> but they can't, right? Because right. sometimes, sometimes literally every checkout is already open and you still have hundreds of people queuing at each one, what it seems like. But but I like, but can, I, you, I, add I get, more, can I, you add more checkouts? <laughs> but they, they do have more space at the start of the store there. They could have had a, you know, a desk with people there, you know, with instructional videos or... Like they don't have much excuse not to get it right. You know, like if they were to say, Hey, here's a faster way to check out. Do you have a smartphone? Uh, yes, everyone has a smartphone. So why wouldn't you do it? Uh, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So, uh, you said you don't have any, any more dislikes. Do you? There's a lot of things I did. Ikea, as we've been saying is a love hate relationship. Do you know I mean, you love to get the stuff but there's so much you hate about it, which could be improved. And I think that's where we're going to go into the next part of the, the show of how we just make it IKEA a dream experience, right? I very much look forward to your ideas and you should to mine. So uh, should we get started with that one? Let's just go there right now. And we've been teasing this. We've talked about some of the things, and I think the listeners can tell we are itching to get into our ideas of how to make IKEA better. So, Asuka, why don't you kick things off? What is your gold idea of how IKEA could be improved? Okay. I have two gold ideas. So one is more gold than the other. I'll start with one which I think is less gold, just to build it up a little bit as opposed to, you know, go down. So... With IKEA, there's two big issues. And we've talked about one in quite, in, in quite rich, that's queues, long queues. In my opinion, they have somewhat solved it with Shop and Go, mm-hmm. even though you might disagree. And apparently it still doesn't do the things you would like it to do. What is the second problem and second challenge at IKEA? Transportation. Go ahead, listening. So how do you... How do you get the stuff that you buy at IKEA to the place you want to get it to? I think it's quite an operation. So 
back in the days when I didn't have a car, I used the car sharing to, to, you know, to bigger car, rent a bigger car for a couple hours, go to Ikea, buy the stuff. It was a big wardrobe. Uh, it was pretty long, high, and it did fit in the car, luckily. Unfortunately, my friend who came with me to Ikea did not fit in the car anymore because we needed to collapse the front seat uh, all the way. Uh-huh. So my friend who came with me to Ikea <laughs> stayed at Ikea uh-huh. while I drove home and offloaded the the whole package by myself and then drove to pick him up again. Is this, wow. uh, do you have any funny driving stories uh, that can top this one? I've I've had a few. Uh, this is why I use the pay for delivery service of IKEA, so I don't have no, to go no, through no. this pain anymore, which I hate paying. But I did have one where these people took sympathy, where I was trying to fit a bed into the back of the car, which was no way going to fit, and they had a big truck, and they were asked where I was, uh, where I was going, and then they um, they they said they would drop it off, and so these complete strangers. I'm like, okay, this I can't fit this thing in. So I put it into their, their truck, gave them the address. And then at one point I did realize maybe they're just going to keep it, the bed. But no, it, <laughs> it, at, at some point in the afternoon it arrived. Uh, I gave them a six-pack of beer as thanks, and uh, they went on their way. Um, but, yeah, the, I, the delivery part is always – or getting it back is always annoying, yeah. Yeah, so here's the ultimate solution. It's I'm not saying it's perfect and it evolves evolves a lot of operational effort, but basically there's two steps to it. One, you make the packaging size more visible on the on the app itself, just so because right now you need to click a few times just to see how big the packages are. That's more on the UI side, but imagine they actually get the most popular car models or all of them, measure them. Because it cannot be that much effort. You know, there is a limited, there's a lot of different cars, but it's still limited. You know, the number is finite. So why not measure all the cars, take the time, either go to their websites, you know, actually open the cars, you know, try to move all the seats, collapse all the seats, what have you. And then in the IKEA profile, you can add what car you drive and it will tell you it will fit. It will fit easily with a, you know, a co-driver with you or like a passenger, or it will not fit at all. Don't even try because that has happened to me as well. So what do you think about this one? I like the idea. I don't love the idea. Well, I don't think it would ever go because I guess people are quite creative in their uh, having things going outside the window and driving with the boot somewhat open which might be technically illegal in some countries yeah i'm not saying i don't know if that makes them reliable for that but I, I you're right think, if, you, if you yeah. if you have a if you have a like a vw golf and you say that's my car and then it would be nice i could say yes this will easily fit in your car and i think for the legal ones where yeah you can put the seat down uh fine it should say yeah this will still fit because yeah i like it I don't think they should say, like, you know, it will fit if you stick it through the window and let it hang outside. <laughs> but, like, it should say, like, full burial if it doesn't fit at all. And so, and so like, it's your responsibility if you decided to, you know, stick it through the window or do something else, like, keep the trunk open. But I think, I think it's, I think it's a good one. So, I just said, it's just, yeah. Do you think with the, uh, this US app 
for uh, scanning your room, you can then just scan your car as well, and then it will go, oh, yeah, no problem. Even better, I think car producers should have, you know, like there's like all these in the new cars, you, you have like different profiles, like more comfy right. or like for different drivers, different heights and so on. So you just have an IKEA profile where it just collapses everything to the max possible, like maximizing cargo space in the car. And then, uh, and then boom, off you go. Maybe that's the solution there. I think they could, yeah. In your, when you, when buying a car, I could then tell you, yes, you'll be able to fit in one of these super long wardrobes or, or not. <laughs> no, the super long. It's okay. like the standard, 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 most standard carried IKEA product. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Okay. What, what are your gold one? Um, well, as we talked about part of the process, uh, yeah, obviously in the store, the getting home part, my one moves on to the assembly part. Now, I'm sure this is not new, but like, you know, these instruction manuals are an absolute nightmare um, in terms of they haven't changed for 15 years. But we have these mobile phones, we have QR codes, and there are, I actually have discovered on YouTube, there are community people who actually make videos of how to build stuff. But why is there not a video QR code going, right, this is going to take you an hour, two hours, get your expectations managed in early to allow this time. And then it's a nice video with some music and, I don't know, in real time telling you to do this. And the guy or the girl on the instructional video saying, hey, this is a pro tip. Don't make sure you turn it over and face it this way, because otherwise you're going to have to take it all apart in 20 minutes when you realize that the hole was facing the wrong way. You know what I mean? You know those little instructions? You Tell me you have got it wrong. You're not that perfect. I I was going to say I'm quite good at them, but it has happened to me, of course, where I needed to do a few uh, command, command Zs to, <laughs> to undo my mistakes. And I think it must happen all the time, you know, and I guess I look out for them as well because of the pain in the past. But for some of the, you know, the new people, why should they have to go through the pain? So I want an instruction, QR code, to watch the video, and then um, also maybe instructions on how to disassemble as well, because I know that sounds pretty obvious, but some of these beds and things you take apart in the wrong bloody order, and then like, yeah, it's just all falling apart and then can't be <laughs> repurposed. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. I think uh, Lego does something like this. Well, kind of. Uh, firstly, Lego instructions are colorful, which is which is an added benefit. Uh, but for some like collectors, uh, limited editions, what they do have is they recommend you like a soundtrack or a podcast episode to follow. So like you, like as you assemble like this special car, they recommend you to put on this 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 particular podcast, and they they talk about like the real life car with like maybe the real life um, company representatives of of that car. And then also you have the Lego designer inside that explains how they transform this into the Lego design. So it's a special about it. So it's a kind of cool compelling story thing. So you're telling me as you assemble your packs, uh, uh, wonderful piece of furniture, imagine you'd have the designer of that piece uh, explaining to you what it means. That, I, I love that concept with Lego. I think with this one with the designer going, yep, we wanted to save one dollar so we've added 20 more screws for you and haven't put them in yourself i'd love to hear that <laughs> that justification <laughs> that justification um yeah i mean um getting i mean what i like there is we're actually talking about like you know more product insight as to 
you know, the person behind the video, which could be applied to any uh, company, not just IKEA, right? Um, mm. But I think uh, this one, whether you have music or not, I don't mind. I just want some highlight videos or just like, this is how to do it. So I can just scan, put the video on, and then just uh, build it how, in a like, comfortable way. Quick question to your own experience. What was the longest time you've ever needed for a piece of furniture from Ikea? Uh, days. Because <laughs> I just could Like, the giant wardrobes, it's like, it's such an effort. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, I, can't, I don't want to do this in one session. So I was like, well, right, I'm going to do it in phases. And that's it. I'm psychologically battling to do this, right? And this is where it should be having some assembly time of going, you know, this this cupboard is going to take you two hours to do. And that's why I quite like the YouTube videos where the guy or, you know, or the, the girl on the video is actually saying it took, you know, I, the last thing I built this bed, you know, the guy said it took, uh, uh, two, you know, two hours for him to build. So, okay, take that time, add one hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, good calculation i i also had a chat with a colleague once and he was saying that at that time you know he just moved in and he had purchased all this furniture from ikea and it was just laying around and packaging for weeks and weeks i don't judge him it certainly has happened to me as well it's just like is <laughs> this mental thing of tackling them so i feel you i feel you okay that's a good one i like it i like it so uh more more modern instructions and more expectation management from ikea on the assembly side I think I think that's an easy one for the win. Okay, so you said you had two gold, and yeah, I liked your first one. So what about this one? Yeah, <laughs> kind of liked it. Uh, so we go from transport to home to assembling at home. We take a few steps back to actually the moment you enter IKEA. So you have your app installed. You might have added uh, background permissions for this to work, and I think short like navigating through a store uh, is is quite an experience, even though. I think conceptually they're all designed to look the same, be the same and be familiar. I think there's still unique turns, you know, unique ways. And if I go to this same IKEA 10 times, I'll certainly forget how, you know, to properly navigate through it. And there's so many different shortcuts around, like where you can cut through different sections. I think by now I'm getting quite efficient in my IKEA, but sometimes it's still hard also to know where to find what item. So like if I tell you, like, I don't know, a little like plastic, um, like, like this, like lock, like ziplock type of uh, packages. Like, where do you find them? You know, it might be very specific. You might know it, you might not know it. So if you want, if you're looking particular for this, how do you go about it? So one thing is a simple map, right? Indoor navigation using obviously GPS is tricky inside, but maybe use Bluetooth beacons and something else to show where you are on the map. Uh, so if you other technologies there. It just kind of guide through shortcuts, guide to particular products. That's one thing. But my next idea is actually before going to the store, you add the products you would like to get to your shopping list or to your wish list. As you go into IKEA and you have background locations enabled and they use a combination of beacons, like Bluetooth beacons across the store and some of the other tech, it basically is a constant lookout of what articles you have in your wish list. And as soon as you enter an area and uh, when this product where this product is located, you get a push notification or some visual reminder on the app. You're near the blue cups that you always wanted to buy. You're near 
the pleasure, you're near this and that. So kind of constantly reminding you because it happens to me quite often where I have one item that I didn't on the list that I didn't buy because I couldn't find it or I remember too late and couldn't be bothered to go all the way back. So this way they could increase the number of products being added to the basket and, you know, it's a nice user experience. Love it. Um, install mode was my second one as well. So I think tackling, there's a few things there, right? Um, love this idea that you, yeah, as you walk around, it tells you because that's super annoying. Um, I also had missing pieces as well. I don't know if you've ever had it where you've had to go and pick up three or four different items. And it's like, you know, until I knew I needed to look for all four, um, I had missed pieces before. So it, it should say, you know, you need to click, you know, this is a set of one or four and it's located in aisle six, section three. So really make that a bit easier. So connecting the dots there and also not letting you check out if it knows you're missing a piece. Mm. So I've had this with the wardrobe connectors where I thought in for the wardrobe doors, it was like two hinges, but it was actually four hinges I needed. And it was just like, so I got back, I'm building this thing. And then I realized I didn't have enough. And I'm like, that's the worst. Hell, now to go back. Um, and on the self, on the install mode, the self checkout as well, right? So if you're building your shopping list as you're going around, why can't I then just pay as we sort of said? Um, I mean, like the scanning goes very similar to that, but it's like, again, why bother? Why do I have to do a basket transfer at the desk? Just let me pay, get out of there. Is there any more of the in-store mode stuff you like? I like this combined one. That's good. Yeah, I think it's in general, this in-store mode where you have to be, it's, it's, it's navigation. It's kind of reminding of these product pieces and so on. By the way, did you know if you broke some of the uh, little pieces that you can go to IKEA's website and then simply order um, like you're missing like um, nails or some of these other screws and so on? Just make oh, really? sure you're, yeah, yeah, so you can go, there's the form. You can just select, I think it's up to 40 different, like of these little pieces and they'll mail uh -huh. for you to you for free. Free delivery. Wow. Did not know that is an incredible pro tip there for you listeners. So uh, nice one. I like that one. Um, I do have bags of all bits of Ikea leftovers. You know, there's <laughs> always too many pieces. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes there's too many pieces in the bag. And then you're like, have I missed something crucial? Because it doesn't give you a warning of like spares, you know? Um, it's, yeah, scary for sure. Nice. Okay. Um, and, okay, so I think we, uh, that's, a, that's a good one. I think for all retailers, they should have an install mode, which is just designed for that um, particular store. Okay, and your bronze idea. This one is goes down a few steps, but still, that's why it's bronze. On Instagram, I do get a lot of videos where influencers who are about like home decor and so on, they come up with their hacks. So they would take like a bamboo bowl or two bamboo bowls of different sizes, make a hole in the middle glue them together and then use like Ikea's simple lamps that hang down to like stick a lamp inside and hang it up. And then out of two bamboo bowls, you actually get a, what I think pretty nice looking um, um, lamp. Yeah. So it's not a standard issue lamp. It's actually someone being creative. So why not allow 
to have it's more content driven on the app experience, but have a section for either approved content creators or you know anyone can post something where you combine random things to create a nice new um, um, piece of furniture, and it could be a good one so that you know they can then actually be made into real products in the future, like produced by IKEA in that way. Would you believe on my my third one is community and custom builds. And so, yeah, I've also probably been influenced by seeing people who have then taken a a bed and a wardrobe and then merged them into something even better. Do you know what I mean? And so I think the community aspect, uh, yeah, we were saying, you know, people have come up with creative solutions. They should be promoting those, right? And saying, actually, that's an interesting line. Should you be promoting this type of side that, hey, here's a product that we designed to do one thing, but our customers are now finding out a better way to use it. Is that a good thing? For some brands, I think it is, but I'm actually questioning myself now with IKEA if that's what they want, because all, you know, all their stuff is about practicality and then that someone else takes it, does it mean it's impractical or there's a better opportunity? I think it's fine though. I think it just shows that like they support this, they drive innovation, they drive, and that's why I said, maybe then if someone does stick to bamboo bowls together to make a lamp, maybe then that serves as like user input uh, and it's popular. It serves as user input for actually a new product that IKEA then creates, you know, properly. So they can drive it as a idea generation uh, for their product line. So I don't think it's that bad. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think embracing the community um, is all brands should uh, do this. And as part of that, my last item on that, my third idea was uh, also resale of items. So, for example, I have beds, which uh, I don't use anymore. Uh, they're in the garage, right? Why can't I just, on the app, if they knew that I purchased this, I can now go resell uh, 50 euros, come and pick it up at my house. And then, you know, maybe IKEA or the brand takes a commission on that type of sale of the, the transaction. Oh, I get credit. Do you know what I mean? So... Like at the moment, I have stuff which I'm not going to bother listing on eBay and blah, blah, right? And of course, there's a sort of demographic who are obviously trying to save money and are happy to buy something uh, second or third hand. But are you so, saying yeah, you're not, not going to be bothered just to list it on eBay, but you will be bothered to list it on IKEA? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Because if they know I've bought it, if the app knows I've bought it in the past, and then I can then like, press a button of repurpose or resell and then they create a marketplace. And so therefore when you're then instead of when I was looking to buy something from IKEA, of course I can see what's at the store, but I can also see what's in my community. And there's a, uh, a lady down the, the street who's wanting to get rid of her lamp. So I can go, okay, cool. I'll buy that for 20 bucks. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's not that bad because it actually makes IKEA also a destination for, yeah, used articles, because otherwise these people would just go to eBay, as you said, right, and look for the stuff there. And here at least they use the app, and maybe they do see some um, new products, full price, that they would also like to buy, and uh, we'll add them to the basket. So, uh, yeah, I like it. I definitely grew on me, this idea, in the last couple of minutes. Okay, well, luckily it's about what the community thinks, and so uh, um, I think that comes to uh, an end of our banger ideas for ikea i think there's some really nice good ones there and i'd love to see them implemented yeah me too and i also 
yeah, I was gonna say I was looking forward to to the new app coming to Europe, <laughs> hopefully soon, and see how that plays into the overall uh, IKEA experience. Because I think with AR and especially with furniture, uh, furnishing a home is definitely some potential, and so much opportunity. Like you said, indoor mode um, or not indoor, but in-store mode. Um, you know, some of the other ideas uh, you've dropped, digitizing their uh, assembly instruction and that experience. It's it's like it's like a kingdom, like a you know, like it's distant land for for a product owner. Like, you know, there's so many opportunities to to innovate. So uh, I'm really excited to see what's going to come for IKEA. Yeah, I think uh, they need to do this because you know a lot of relationships can really get hurt on a Saturday in IKEA. And using these innovations that we brought and shared with you today could uh, improve this and make IKEA a beautiful place to go on a date on a Saturday afternoon. Wow. Okay, so listeners, what do you think of our ideas? If you um, like them, head to um, elonsbacklog.com and you will be able to then uh, thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, and if you have some ideas of your own, feel free to suggest them and then we'll review them in a future episode. And as I said, if we know someone from IKEA, send them the pod. Let's get them on and find out why and when these are going to happen. Yeah, and if, if you have your other experiences in IKEA that we've missed or you want to us to share and focus on in the next episode, we'd definitely love to, to hear those as well uh, on elonspackwork.com. I think that brings us to a close. Um, any last thoughts? It was a lovely, lovely, lovely first, you know, V1.1. Uh, so I hope uh, you also listeners enjoyed it and it was an interesting app to take apart as well. Um, so that's my closing words, Siki. It, it was a pleasure reviewing IKEA with you. It's good. Okay, I'm looking forward to using the app again. Okay, see you next time. Bye-bye.